Well, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Ask Jasmine. I'm Nikki Willis and I'm Jasmine. And all month we've been talking about Black History Month. We have been celebrating Black History Month, Black mm-hmm. Excellence, Black Businesses, all that good stuff. Black so, Star Power. Black Star Power. Y'all know what it is. Uh, oh, speaking of stars, we're going to have the Oscars here in Las Vegas this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I think it's in April. Anyway, I'm super excited about it. I don't know where I'm going to be, but the Oscars will be down the street. That's all I know. Okay. Back to the topic. Uh, we are going to talk about five ways that real estate can help close the racial wealth gap. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about it. Here we go. So today we are talking about five different ways that real estate can help close the racial wealth gap. And before we get started, I want to remind you to make sure you subscribe, hit that button right there in the corner and hit that bell so that you are notified every time we upload new content. So let's get right into these five ways that real estate can close the racial wealth gap. And if you haven't already guessed it, it's definitely number one, home ownership. But babe, let's get into the different ways that home ownership helps to close that racial wealth gap. So here recently, well, not recently, probably in the last maybe 10 to 15 years, there's been a big debate on uh, is your home an asset or is it a liability? Mm -hmm. And we can debate and we can go around back and forth, all the way around the world. Yeah. But the biggest thing is appreciation. So depending, it doesn't matter if you view your house as an asset or a liability, a lot of financial people, whether it's uh, Dave Ramsey or uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, they say that your house is a liability because it doesn't make Make you cash flow. Yeah. That sounds great, but if you look at the racial wealth gap one of the big differences is home ownership mm-hmm. and we're breaking down why so the number one thing is appreciation yeah so basically um like the chart that i have on my computer i looked at 1940 to mm-hmm. 2000 i stopped at 2020 okay and it goes straight up so it's just like the stock market it may go down, yeah, but it's gonna it's come gonna back eventually. Up. Yeah, it's gonna eventually go back up. Tick up, and when it goes up, it's gonna be higher than it was before it went down. Yep. So appreciation provides so many um, opportunities and so many options for people in general. When we're talking um, minorities or we're talking race wise, if our lack of home ownership, our home ownership rates are low. Mm-hmm. So those opportunities aren't provided. So appreciation is your house going up in value. Yeah. So you don't have a house that can go up in value. You can sell the house and have a lump sum of money to open a business yeah. or send your kids to college yeah. or refinance and buy a bigger house. 
or just have something period that goes up in value right whether you look at your house as an asset or a liability in the history of real estate <laughs> yeah, is it's pretty gonna... much yeah the market may go down it may even tank but right. it's going to come back up so yeah. you're going to the difference between it's point blank period the difference between having something that goes up in value and, and not, not having something that goes up in value so um appreciation that's the big thing that's probably like the number one biggest thing that creates a wealth gap in between however you say it, black people african-american minorities and other races who have a high home ownership rate that's so true i mean um like you said you know putting kids through college or buying something bigger or starting your business like some people you know put their house up as collateral yeah. if you don't have a house for collateral you know sometimes that can make a big difference between mm -hmm. having the startup costs that you need so um that it that has been a great debate you know of you know real estate experts <laughs> uh financial experts all the things but um i i agree with you that appreciation matters and whether you know you have a house that is you know, income producing or not, mm -hmm. that appreciation does matter. So, you know, if you, um, you know, if you purchase something, even when you've seen, you know, what we saw in 2009, you know, pe those people who held on to it now, so oh pretty. my <laughs> goodness, right? Um, a lot of people, you know, purchased houses um, in 2009 and they saw a drastic increase. If you purchased your house, you know, before 2009, and you saw that drop and, you know, everybody's pulling their hair out and, and freaking out. But if you held on to it from 2009 till now, oh my goodness, right? Yeah. Like you have seen, um, you know, if you haven't seen what your house is worth, you need to go do that now <laughs> yeah. um, because it's it's huge now. So Yeah, and you have to look at the, the, you have to look at it from, I mean, you have to just look at it from a racial standpoint. The people that say that a house is a liability and not an asset, mm -hmm. when we're talking about wealth, they have another source of wealth. Income. Because yeah. so to be honest, your house shouldn't be, or it doesn't have to be what they say the greatest investment that you'll make. Mm -hmm. But those people who say that your house is a liability, they have another investment that's greater than real estate. Yeah. So you have to true. look at it from that standpoint. So if you compare apple to apples to yeah, apples, so is what we're saying. Elon Musk sold all his houses. He just rents. But guess what? He has multi-billion dollar. Company. He's got Tesla. <laughs> it makes a difference. So if you don't have yeah. a Tesla or some other asset, whether it be stocks or a business or something like that. Yeah. This is one of the greatest ways that you can provide wealth for yourself and mm -hmm. for your family and leave a legacy. So you have to really look at that. So yeah. the second thing is, and it's close to appreciation, is equity. Mm -hmm. So the difference between appreciation and equity, um, appreciation is your property going up in value. Value, right, right, right. Equity is the difference between what you owe or if you owe and what the... Um, the real estate is worth. Mm -hmm. So that's the second thing too is when you rent, you don't pay down anything. Right. So when you own, if you have a mortgage, you're actually paying down that what you would call a liability, the mortgage or the debt or whatever. And so it's the difference between what the property is worth and what you owe, and that's the equity on there. 
Yeah. So that's another advantage too. Yeah. I've, I've also seen now, as part of the great debate, as far as, you know, equity and, you know, you don't own own the house or technically own the house until it's it's paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's a, I, oh, how do you feel about that? I'll just, I'm gonna ask you, how do you feel about that? In addition to the whole appreciation debate and, and um, you know, if your house is not a income property, then it's a liability, but then people are also saying, well, you don't own the house until it's fully paid off. How do you feel about, about that? What is your, your thoughts on that? Well, we'll get into it later, but what, what, what I, one thing I can say is being an investor, like a real estate investor and having rental property and things like that, it's great. Of course, I recommend it because yeah. I do it, we do it. Um, we talk about it on this podcast, but it's not for everybody. Mm. There's a whole different, a whole lot of ways that you can make money or invest other than real estate. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't want to say it's a trap, but don't fall for that e- either. Mm. You know, having, being a homeowner with a mortgage from a financial standpoint, and we're talking about closing the wealth gap, is better than renting. So yeah, we'll I mean, because yeah, renting is a sunk cost. So let's get into it. So, okay, let's just compare it. So if you own a house, your house goes up in value. Yep. You don't have that when you rent. So that's one check mark on home ownership, yeah. zero on renting. Then you have um, equity. Mm-hmm. So if you go ahead and get a mortgage, yes, you do have debt. You have a mortgage, your monthly payment. But when you make every mortgage payment that you pay, and when you start out, the first couple payments mostly go towards interest. Right. And after like year three, you start paying more towards the principal. Right. So when you have a mortgage, every mortgage payment that you make, even though it's a small amount starting out, you're paying down something. So you're creating Very equity. Very when you rent, there is no equity. Right. So there's another plus on home ownership, zero on renting. So let's go to number three. Number three is tax advantages of being a homeowner. So you get the write-off even though you have a mortgage. So mm-hmm. if you buy a property cash outright, you can't um, write off the interest because you're not paying any interest. Right. So let's say you're a, you know, you just graduated from college. You're 21, 22 years old. You don't have any kids, so you don't have the write-off of having children. No dependents, yeah. So if you rent a house, rent property, you can't take advantage of writing off the interest. So if you buy a home, have a mortgage, all of the interest that you pay is tax deductible. So it's like having an extra child when you go to file your taxes. So Did you know your home is a dependent? <laughs> right. <laughs> so you're able to write off that interest. And if you rent, you don't have that advantage there. Um, so that's another thing. And then the last thing is some people look at it as a liability, and I get it. If you're talking about like um, accounting, mm-hmm. it doesn't balance out. Mm-hmm. Of course, it doesn't balance out. But a housing expense, whether you rent or buy, is a housing expense. Yeah, unless you true. house hack or have a multifamily. Now that's a totally different thing, and that's that's going on something else. Mm-hmm. But you know, the last thing is is an asset that you can transfer. Like, I can't transfer over my rental lease to my children. Right. I can transfer over property that can eventually be paid off um, or be a rental property and be purely an asset. Yeah. 
um, to my children, to my grandchildren, or whoever I deem to will the property to, and you just can't do those things during rent. So yeah. um, I would say don't fall for that trap because having owning a house with a mortgage and it's not all the way yours, and from what we just went over, it's better than just renting. Absolutely. Now there are certain yeah. reasons why you don't. Nothing is wrong with renting. There's certain reasons why you may not want to buy or you want to put off buying, but if you're just comparing it just generally, mm-hmm. don't fall for that trap. Don't, don't fall, fall for, for the hype. <laughs> don't, fall for don't fall for the hype and make sure you are comparing apples to apples. Um, yeah, I, I think that's probably where we can leave it. Yeah. Make sure you're comparing apples to apples when you're talking, you know, what's a liability versus an asset what's a good investment versus not a good investment you know what's going to be your primary home versus not what you're going to do with that home make sure you're comparing apples to apples um when you're listening to um all the hype that's out there okay all right okay so that's number one just home ownership period but there are some other ways within real estate so let's go let's talk about let me do one more thing oh okay go ahead so if you look at we're talking about the racial gap. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge racial gap, and that's there's a whole bunch of different ways. So let's just say uh, whites and blacks mm-hmm. are minorities. If you say, okay, there's this big racial gap in between us, you have to break down why. What's the difference? Yeah. So if you look at uh, non-minorities or whites, a large percentage of them are homeowners. Yes. So if you just look from a number standpoint, let's break down what. What do they do and what don't we do? And you have to break that down and say, oh, okay, that's how you solve any problem. Yeah. You just, just break start it down. Yeah, start first. by looking at it. If home ownership is a big thing that this particular wealthy population uh, do or have, you have to look at that. Mm-hmm. So if you look at home ownership in African Americans and minorities, it's really low. And you talk about the net worth of African African American as a people is zero or you know what I mean? Yeah. You've got to be lowered. So you have to look at that. So Yeah. That's just numbers and facts and figures right there. Yeah, so true. Um, so let's we we talked specifically about home ownership and that's number one. Mm-hmm. But let's let's talk even more ways. We've got some other ways that you can close the racial wealth gap. And another way is through investing. Absolutely. So I am a huge um, advocate for investing in real estate. Yeah. Um, because even if you look at your primary residence as a liability, you can't look at real estate as an investment as a liability because it either provides cash flow or a lump sum of money. Right. So the first thing is, is cash flow. So if you can invest in real estate, um, it's like... You, you have a property or a rental property or whatever, but it's just another source of ca- cash flow. Yes. So it's a second job without punching a clock. Yeah. It's Passive getting income. dividends on a, a stock without having to work for it. So that, that uh, monthly income is a great help. Even if it's a couple hundred dollars a month. Yeah. It makes, it makes a difference. a difference. Yeah, it makes a big difference. It makes a huge difference, especially when you don't have to physically be somewhere and do mm-hmm. something to provide extra income. And and if you look at the racial gap, a lot of non-minorities have a second home, mm-hmm. whether they rent it out Airbnb or they have rental property. They have more than one pr- 
property than their primary residence. Um, right. And so that provides additional income. Yep, absolutely. Now there's also with investing, there is appreciation as well. When you purchase that rental home and you are um, getting that income, you know, again, whether it's a couple hundred dollars, you know, whether, you know, you're clearing a thousand, whatever it is, but you're getting that, but then you're also getting that appreciation as well. You're getting the, the, um, the interest, like you said, even with your, your primary home, you can get that also with this, um, with your investments and things like that. Um, depreciation. Yeah. So that's two things. There's appreciation yes. and then there's depreciation. depreciation. So let's go over that real quick. One of the major aha moments for me in real estate is I had a client, he worked at Procter & Gamble. He worked at P&G and he bought some cheap little rental properties. This was, you know, back in Cincinnati. He bought some cheap rental properties and he had like 13 of them. Okay. And so he bought those properties when he was younger for like 20,000, 30,000. The real estate was really cheap. Right. And so he paid them all off. And when he retired from Procter and Gamble, he had that appreciation. Those properties that he bought for 20, 30,000 were now worth 80, 100, 130,000. And I was fortunate to meet him right in the middle of the process of him selling the properties. And I sold like probably like his last five of them. But he told me what he paid for each property and he took advantage of that appreciation. So when he was ready to retire, yeah. he said, no, I don't even want to be a landlord anymore. He didn't have a property manager. He sold those properties and wow. that was a big nest egg for him to be able to retire. So those properties going up in value and those were all real properties, mm -hmm. not primary residence. Those were all real properties. So mm -hmm. he kept them in them out. And they went up in value until he retired. And when he retired, he had a big nest egg to um, to retire on. So depreciation is, it's, I don't want to say it's a tax loophole, mm. but it's just something that we can take advantage of. Um, so tax-wise, you buy a house and it actually goes up in value. Right. But for tax purposes, they're saying this property is no longer two years old. It's mm, three yeah. years old. So you're able to claim depreciation, basically saying things are getting older. Right, like going, the roof. Yeah, right? they're going it's down like in value. But right. in reality, in real life, it's going up. But tax-wise, you're able to get a tax break on it being older or depreciating in value, which in real life is not true. But tax-wise, yes, we'll yeah, take it. Sure is. Yeah, we'll take it. Yeah, yeah. So um, quick side note, make sure you ha get... Um, an accountant that understands real estate if you are investing in real estate and even as a homeowner like make sure you have um, a tax professional that understands real estate yeah that was it that's my little side <laughs> note <laughs> okay let's talk about okay we're still talking investing yeah um investments are willable absolutely so the great thing about having Real estate is you can put it in your will. You can transfer it to your kids. And like I said, every rental property is like a separate company. It's mm -hmm. like a business. So you're like actually giving a business away to your children or yeah. whoever your heirs are. It's something of value that you can pass on to somebody else. else. 
And when we're talking about the wealth gap, a lot of us, now this wasn't my experience, and I don't think it was your experience either, but, you know, a lot of people in our culture, mm-hmm. when you turn 18, we're considered grown. Well, grown, and yeah. And we get kicked out the house. Ooh, thank you, Mom, for not, <laughs> and Deb, for not kicking me out. <laughs> so, but a lot of us, a lot of minorities and African-Americans have to start from scratch. Mm-hmm. We don't have an inheritance. We don't have rental properties. We don't have a business to take over from our parents. Right. We're starting from scratch, building yeah. our own First wealth, generation, a lot of things. Building our own uh, legacies and yeah. things like that. So to have something of value that you can will to your children or your heirs so they don't have to start from nothing or start from scratch like you did is a huge a plus deal. and that closes the wealth gap absolutely yeah absolutely so if you look at your primary residence as a uh, liability this is a pure asset so for all you you know dave ramsey and uh rich dad poor dad um i get it they look at it as an asset or rental property as an asset if you have a mortgage the rent is higher than the mortgage so right. it's an asset versus a liability. So that's the advantage of having a rental property or investment property. It's just an asset versus a liability if you view your primary residence as a liability. Mm-hmm. Let's keep talking about assets. Yeah. Assets <laughs> versus um, owner-occupied in mm-hmm. investing. Yeah. So um, if you own or occupy, yes, you're taking up the space. So if you convert it to a business, I guess, you own a McDonald's, but you eat McDonald's, so it balances out. Mm. So I guess that's how you would look at it as a liability and not an asset. So if you, like I said before, if you look at like the the rich dad, poor dad theory that your primary residence is a liability and yeah. rental property or investment property is purely an asset and not a liability on there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So number one, home ownership. Number two, investments. Mm-hmm. Number three, let's talk about trust. Uh, we don't talk about trust enough. Yeah. So let's let's dive into this really quickly. Let's talk about um, how to do trust, why we do them, all that stuff. So for those of you that are uh, TV fans or we watch the TV show Power, and we see... And we watch all the powers. We Let me just say, powers, we so. watch them all. <clears throat> But in the first one, the the power ghost one, so the main character in the power series, he dies. We think he's still alive, though. We think he's still alive. But anyways, that's not the point. So the guy dies, and he has a will, and he has a trust fund set up for his kids. And in that trust fund, he specifies what he wants done. In order for them to get the trust. In order for them to get the what's trust. What's in the trust. Yeah, what's yeah. in the trust. So mm-hmm. a trust is a uh, a legal document and it has stipulations on what the person who is willing something over or giving something over, what they want done and how they want it done. Now, what's the point of doing that? Mm. So I've seen in my career time and time again, families fight over not even real estate, just things in general, money, real estate, clothes, cars, when a person dies or passes away, a trust prevents people from fighting over those items. So a lot of us don't put our assets, whether it be real estate or anything else, in a trust Mm -hmm. because it specifies what you want done. So you don't have to assume what Big Mama 
which is why it's right. spelled out right there in the it's truck. black and white. And so, always um, put things in black and white. Unfortunately, because of lack of education, lack of knowledge, lack of knowing what to do financially, a lot of people when they when their parent or grandparent passes away, yeah. they have a lack of knowledge of how to properly manage an asset, and a trust helps with that. Um, so when you have a trust, it prevents family members from fighting um, over property and money and things like that. Um, and so the asset is able to stay in the family or, per, or it allows it to continually be an asset for the family. Yeah. So um, that's a major thing that we have to do is starting to put real estate and businesses and things like that in a trust because that's what happens. You have some matriarch or patriarch of a business or somebody comes up yeah. with a wonderful done idea all this wonderful work and then when they pass it goes no further than them the family fights over the business or they can't yeah. take over the business or they can't keep up the property and then all that hard work their legacy kind of goes to you know to waste so one of the major ways that we can close the wealth gap is putting our especially our real assets, estate yeah. assets in a in trust trust yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, um, you know what? We should do something even. We should dive deep into that. I'm gonna put a pin in this. Y'all remind me. <laughs> put it in the comments. I'm gonna put a pin in this because I wanna. I wanna talk even more about trusts and wills and things like that. Yeah, just got one more thing to say about trust. Oh, go ahead. You know how they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it does when it comes to financial matters and financial literacy. You mm-hmm. have some person who started this business. But the children or the heirs mm. or the brothers and sisters, it falls far they away. Yeah, they can't pick it <laughs> yeah. up. They can't. And yeah, we talked about that. They can't implement it. And the trust helps out with that. Yeah. I mean, as far as having conversations about money and finances and all that stuff, having a conversation about trusts and mm-hmm. wills and we got to talk about it. We're not going to be here forever. And um, real estate is one of those things. It's a, it's a great investment. You know, we've talked about all this stuff, appreciation, equity, all the things. But we have to teach our kids, too. We have to, you know, we, we're even starting more, you know, conversations with our kids about money, about financial literacy, literacy all that stuff. Um, so we'll definitely, we're going to have some more talks about this topic and about trusts and wills and things like that and how it pertains to real estate Yes. Okay. So y'all go ahead and stay tuned, but um, hit the subscribe button so that you won't miss it when we do do it. <laughs> but I think that's going to be a good topic because it's, we need to have more conversations about it, more conversations with our kids, all the things. Um, but right now we're talking about five ways that real estate <laughs> can close the racial wealth gap. Um, let's get into number four. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just talk about it at, at holistically and let's talk about stability. Yeah. Stability. So I think this is probably like one of the most overlooked aspects aspects of home ownership and wealth. So I'm going to kind of break it down so where we can kind of understand it. So if you stay put, it's, it's cheaper to keep her. Like they say, marriage <laughs> is cheaper to keep her. So it's very expensive to move. Yeah. You got inflation. You have uh, moving companies' yep. expenses going up. You got new furniture to buy. Things getting damaged. Things getting broken when you move. So if you're a homeowner, 
home ownership is a little bit more of a permanent situation. Yes, you may move in five years, but it provides stability for you. It provides stability for your family. So yeah. every month when you have a lease expiring, you move again. So mm -hmm. that's another deposit. That's another moving company. That's replacing things that get damaged or right. get broke. So it's a very expensive to move. Yeah. Um, and so home ownership provides stability on a financial aspect because it's expensive to move. Yeah. Um, another financial aspect of it is um, there are a few things that do change that will make a mortgage different. But for the most part, if you get a 30-year fixed rate you know exactly what well, your housing expense yeah. is every month and when you rent you know you go from one year to the next year they do rental they increases they, they raise the rent on there and it gets more expensive to rent so yes you have taxes can go up mm -hmm. but they don't go up every single year um here in las vegas we have hoa the home ownership association fees um, those do go up from time to time, but it's not going to be like one month your mortgage is $1,000 and then next month it's like 1500 Right. So for the most part, you know exactly what your mortgage is going to be and that provides stability because you're allowed to you, um, allow yourself to budget and you know what the number is going to be every month and year over yeah. year pretty much. Yeah. I You know what? On, on that tip, I want to add too... Um, if you're a control freak or a recovering <laughs> control freak like I am, um, you know, ownership does also give you a sense of control too. Because what we're running, what a lot of people are running into is, oh my goodness, I've been running this house for X amount of years. Now the owner wants to sell. Right. And now we have X amount of days to move. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that time and time and time again where um, those who are renters are now scrambling because you know the the homeowner has gotten a great deal on a home on their home and they're ready to sell it they've gotten cash or whatever it is for it mm -hmm. um you know that that appreciation they're ready to cash in and now the renter is scrambling so you're talking about stability mm -hmm. um having you know you have that better sense of control for the most part, you can decide when you want to move. You can decide when you want to sell or not sell and you want to hold or whatever, but you have a better sense of control when you own. Same thing for, um, you talked about HOAs that brought up a good point. You don't have any say, those of you who are renting a home, mm -hmm. of you know what the HOA does and all those things. But when you are a homeowner, you have interest, you have um, an, an interest or a part of that HOA. You can go and become president if you want to of the yeah. HOA. You know, you can have a say, you know, because you now have, you know, a stake. There it is, a stake mm -hmm. in what the HOA is doing. So those types of things also help provide, you know, more stability and, and things like that. So... Um, again, that's more of a holistic level. But, but it's, really it's not either. I mean, when you talk about wealth, wealth is not just money. Hmm. Wealth is having control. Like yeah. you said, that was a great point. So wealth is having control hmm. and also wealth is having time. So wealth hmm. is not just money. That's right. Well, what's the difference between a rich person and a wealthy, wealthy person? person? A wealthy person has the money with time. A rich mm -hmm. person could just make a whole lot of money, but they still have the time yeah. to make They're exchanging their not. time for money. Yeah. Both, yeah. But so, wealth, 
you making money in your sleep. Yeah. You making your children and your grandchildren money in your sleep. Yeah, so wellness oh, having a say. So from being able to vote on the HOA, yeah. what goes on where you live, and mm -hmm. also being able to be part of the board from being just a secretary yeah. all the way up to being an HOA president. Absolutely. You're in a power position. So yeah, yeah. that was a great point. You have great. a say. You have yeah. a say. So that ownership is, is important with regard to that as well. Yeah. Woo. Okay, this is getting good. Okay, so... so one more thing One more. On, on stability. Oh, okay, so go ahead. One more thing on stability. So stability also helps in the aspect of if you stay put somewhere, mm. it allows you, it gives you time to form relationships. And those relationships that you form provide opportunities, which in turn provide you with wealth mm -hmm. from scholarships with your kids yeah. to networking opportunities, people who you bowl with. Or mm -hmm. people you go to church with when you're constantly renting and moving from place to place to place, it's harder for you to form those relationships mm -hmm. and network and you kind of miss out on opportunities because you're in a lot of different places or you can be in a lot of different places. So mm -hmm. it helps with um, your children as far as being in the same schools and I have mm -hmm. to switch schools a lot. Yeah, if you community. Switch schools, yeah, it provides a sense of community. So the stability aspect is... Um, another part of wealth is who you know is not also like and who knows you yeah who knows you so wealth is also uh, networking and yeah. contacts and, and relationships that you have relationships can go a long way facts facts <laughs> yeah all right so stability is number four let's mm -hmm. go to number five and let's talk economics yeah so especially with wealth from an economic standpoint, when we're talking about real estate, mm. whether you own real estate to live in or it's an investment, you can support minorities. You can support African-owned businesses from painters to landscapers to movers to general contractors. You can support other minority-owned businesses. You can support people like us, yeah. you know, minority-owned um, real estate companies, realtors, mortgage companies. And so you can, that creates the economy to where wealth, wealth and African-Americans and minorities are spread out mm -hmm. instead of just leaving the community immediately as soon as you get that money. So if the real estate aspect of it is, the economics aspects of it is, you can't support somebody if you don't have the opportunity. Yeah. And real estate, whether it be your primary residence or rental property provides the opportunity for you to support somebody and to help um, divide that wealth. Yeah. I mean, currency comes from the root word current, which means it flows. Mm -hmm. And when you have ownership, when you own something, you're able to provide those opportunities to have money flow through your hand have money flow through you know your property and you get to decide you get to choose who you want to support um who you want to give your business to and like you said that just helps spread that wealth even more yeah. so definitely economics um but you know all five of these you can you know glean from you can take mm -hmm. um you can i want you to share this video I really do. Go ahead and click that share button. Share with your friends. Share with your family. Sit your kids down. Sit your, your teenagers down. And just kind of go through this and say, hey, 
we were making a decision to, you know, help this family and help generations because that's how it works. You, you, you're talking about community. You know, we want to help not just our family. We want to help other families and friends. And, you know, we want to help to help our community. So go ahead and share this video. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Please hit that button hit so that you're button. notified every time we upload new content. All right, guys. Well, this has been another episode of Ask Jameen, where we are celebrating Black history, Black excellence, Black businesses all month long. All right, guys, have a great one and we'll see you next time. Bye.